It was in that moment that I was so overwhelmed with the thankfulness that I had for Moxie that I, I needed to stop focusing on all the things that I couldn't do anymore and start trying to find out things that I could do. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, Katie Harris shares how her life with a service dog has led her to empower and educate others through Moxie's mission. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. We welcome suggestions for topics and guests. The only way we know what you like is if you tell us. Then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share Dog Words. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel. It offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content. At Rosie Fund, we encourage you to make a difference in a shelter dog's life. You can do just that by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. Use the link in the description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. Next time on Dog Words, artist Ashley Shans tells how you can get a beautiful memento of your pet and help charities at the same time. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. I am pleased to welcome to Dog Words, Katie Harris. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. You were brought to my attention by uh, Dave Hensley of Barkay. I understand he's on the board of Moxie's Mission, which you founded. And I'm so glad he brought you to our attention because this is exactly the sort of foundation that we look to highlight because your experience is similar to ours. First of all, how did Moxie's Mission get started? So it kind of started out of nothing that I was expecting. Initially, I've wanted a golden doodle for a while. My dad and my stepmom got a golden doodle about 11 years ago, and I just fell in love with the breed. So I kept waiting for the right time to get a dog that I could spend enough time with and be able to train and have that time that a dog deserves. Well, in the meantime, my health continued to start declining, and it seemed like every month my health was getting worse and worse. So as we were approaching the time that I was about to get a dog, my health was absolutely at the worst. So I remember FaceTiming with my dad and we were talking about the dog and he just didn't quite think that it was the right thing for me to get. And I broke down crying. I said, this is the last thing I have left. I've lost everything else. At this point, I'm in a wheelchair. I wasn't able to walk. And I should point out, you're not 13. No, I am not 13. (laughs) But But your dad is breaking your heart telling you you can't have a dog. Correct. We were kind of going back and forth and trying to figure out the best lifestyle for me. And he just said he didn't think it was the smartest move for me. But I knew I, I needed this dog. I didn't quite know what that dog was going to turn into and how that dog was going to impact my life the way that it did. But we came to a compromise that if for some reason I couldn't handle the dog, 
then he would take the dog because I wanted to do what was best for not just me selfishly, but also for the dog. Mm -hmm. So we started working with um, somebody named Suzanne Schinberg, who owns American Service Dog Association. And she started really evaluating the dog in my situation and turned to me and said, well, have you thought about having Moxie as a service dog? And at that point, I didn't quite think about it because in my mind, I wasn't disabled enough to have a service dog. I was um, in a lot of denial about how bad my health really was. And she looked at Moxie and she said, she has the temperament and the drive and everything needed to be a service dog as she continued to train Moxie. And if you've never had a service dog, it's when microwaves came out and VCRs came out, it's like, we don't need a VCR, we don't need a microwave. Then you have one. It's how did we ever live without these? And they don't provide nearly the assistance that a service dog does. So until you have one, you don't know what a boon they can be. Absolutely. And Moxie truly did save my life. I have something called Ehlers-Danlos, which is a connective tissue disorder. So my collagen is defective. So I'm essentially dislocating joints all day throughout the day. My ligaments in my neck started failing. So my head was crushing my brainstem and causing me not to be able to walk or feel 90% of my body. I started losing vision on one side of my face. And it just continued to progress. Well, you said your health was uh, deteriorating. So it sounds like you were dealing with this for a long time without knowing what it was. Absolutely. I was a nationally ranked tennis player and I was playing in college and doing um, so many different sports. Sports and activity were my life. And every time I would play tennis, I would be dislocating a joint and I would be in and out of the hospital and passing out and nobody can figure it out. Initially, were you thinking, well, I'm just, I'm training too hard. I need to rest. Yeah. Maybe I'm clumsy. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just accident prone. But every time I would see the doctor, they'd be like, oh my gosh, we've never seen anything like this. We don't understand what's going on. And so it wasn't until 2013 when I went to the Mayo Clinic and so geneticists and the whole team of doctors that they found out I had Ehlers-Danlos. I was like, well, I still don't quite understand what that is. And at that time, I wasn't wheelchair bound. I was still able to do certain things just with a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as things continue to progress. Well, and, I, and as a high level athlete, you're used to pushing through the pain. You know, you get to that final set. You got to suck it up no matter whether you rolled your ankle and you're exhausted you push through it. That's what you've been training to do all your life is push through the pain. I remember a specific, it was actually my very last match that I ever played unknowingly. We were playing to go to nationals and first set, I felt like a crunch in my foot and it felt like I was on broken glass, but I had to keep playing through the match. And after the match, I ended up going to the hospital and found out that I had several fractures in my foot and played multiple sets on top of it because in my mind, I couldn't really judge what was true pain and injury and what I should really play through. So in having Moxie, Moxie learned very quickly how to pick things up for me because every time I would bend down, I would start to get lightheaded, pass out, and dislocate something. So that was one of the things that Moxie learned how to do that changed my life. But on top of that, the emotional and mental struggle that I had was severe. 
my whole life was turned upside down and I couldn't do anything. Every single one of my go-tos was really taken from me. And I remember one day I was in my bedroom and you know, that ugly cry where you're like, "Ah," Mm -hmm. and like, you feel like everyone could hear the moaning and you just can't gather yourself. Well, I had that moment and Moxie happened to be in the other room. And then the moment I start just letting everything out, she comes sprinting in, she wraps her little paws around me and she literally just held me there and comforted me and stayed there with me. And it was in that moment that I was so overwhelmed with the thankfulness that I had for Moxie that I I needed to stop focusing on all the things that I couldn't do anymore and start trying to find out things that I could do. And that's when I looked at Moxie and I was like, I wonder if we can do this for somebody else. There's so many people out there that could benefit from a service dog, but one can't afford a fully trained one or two can't be part of the process of training with a trainer. So I looked at Moxie and was like, I want to pay it forward and make a difference in somebody else's life the way that Moxie did in mine. And so Moxie's mission essentially started on that day. And we were set to raise the money to fully fund a fully trained dog to gift to someone. And my new why was birthed in that day and kept me focused moving forward. We had our first Moxie's Mission event at Barquet. That's when I initially met Dave. I met with him and gave him my idea. And we had a six-legged relay race because we wanted something different. Mm -hmm. And the symbolism of passing it on and all of us doing our part of a race to do something bigger than all of us is the whole mission of it. And we raised $18,000 in the first event. Wow. Moxie... It's amazing to me that she became your service dog, even though you didn't get her as a service dog, because as I'm sure you know, and we've talked with other organizations on Dog Words who provide service dogs, you don't just go grab a dog and say, this is a service dog. You have to pick one that has the right temperament and the right build, depending on what it is that it's needing to do, and then go through months of training before it's even then turned over to the person that it's helping to then train together. So for you to have a dog that just fit from square one is such a blessing. We did get lucky with Moxie, but it also was very strategic. Although my intentions weren't initially for her to be a service dog, we wanted a service dog demeanor. Mm -hmm. We wanted the temperament. We wanted the drive. And in looking at the dogs, we knew... Seavers Retrievers, where we got Moxie, we knew that her parents bred service dogs. So Suzanne got quite a few dogs from this litter. So we already knew that there was going to be some, not certainty, but a good chance of having that temperament as we were looking for the dog, because we needed to make sure the dog was going to be obedient trained, not being able to pull my joints out if it's going to run after a Mm -hmm. squirrel or things of that sort. And then once we knew what my physical status was going to be and the needs that I had, Moxie literally just rose to the occasion. She started detecting my seizures before I even knew I was having seizures. Because most of the time I would pass out at home Mm -hmm. and she would put her paws on me and I didn't know what she was doing because I didn't know I was having seizures because Mm -hmm. I was home alone and I passed out and then I would wake up and be like, all right. Until it happened at school, 
And I noticed that Moxie was putting her paws on me. We were kind of mocking her, being like, oh, look, Moxie's so needy right now Mm -hmm. because she was so adamant about it. And then about two minutes later, I fell out of my wheelchair and had two back-to-back seizures at school. And then we noticed that Moxie had this natural alert and has never missed one since then. Wow. You read her language correctly that she's demanding attention. And because we're people, we assume when we demand attention, it's for ourselves that she's doing the same thing. And she's demanding attention, but not for herself. She's demanding attention because you need me. She was literally using her dog words and saying, hey, you need to watch out here. You mentioned that Moxie helps identify seizures and recognizes when you are picking something up that that's a challenge for you. So Moxie will pick things up for you. Sure. So Moxie, anything that I drop, um, Moxie essentially can pick up. But then she also, because movement is really difficult for me, that if I need my shoes and they're across the room, I can ask her to go get my shoes and she'll get my shoes for me. She has word identification with quite a few items such as shoes, keys, leash, water, a few other ones, but those are the main ones. She's learned how to open up the refrigerator and get a bottle of water out for me. And so she does a lot of retrieval, medical alert, but being able to pick things up for me or retrieve and find items. Um, I actually had a situation where I had an episode and I was on the steps and it felt like something was stabbing me in the head and my head was on fire. I couldn't walk. I couldn't see. I couldn't do anything except scream in agony in that moment because the pain was so severe and I needed to call an ambulance, but I couldn't get to my phone. And so I asked Moxie, go find my phone. I had no idea where my phone was. And I hear Moxie running around the house. And next thing I know is she dropped the phone on my lap so that I can call 911. And then she went and got my shoes for me (laughs) and laid on my legs until the paramedics. We're going to need shoes. Yeah, (laughs) you're going to need shoes if you're going to go to the hospital. So let me go get those. And I'll just hang out here until the paramedics came. So the paramedics came and they took me to the hospital. And that was because Moxie was able to go find my phone, bring it to me in a real situation. Initially, a trainer helped give her the skills that you had already identified you would need from a service dog. But you said she, without training, picked up on when you're going to have a seizure. So she did that. Is she constantly learning things on her own? And then you realize, oh, yeah, I do need you to do that. Or are you realizing there's a gap and now I need to train her to fill that gap? So I would say both, but more the second one. She's had some phenomenal trainers. So she had the trainer in St. Louis that really set a really good foundation for her. And then we had some trainers here in Kansas that did some more molding when I came back. Because there's two ways to do a service dog. You can have a fully trained one. Or you can train with the trainer and be part of the process, which is what I wanted to do because I needed that task. I needed that challenge and something to do with them. Now it's to the point because she does have such a great foundation that as my health changes, 
the needs change. And I'm essentially able to teach her those new tasks because of the foundation. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also able to reach out to trainers when there might be one that I'm not quite getting the hang of it, or she needs a little bit more help with. And so she's always evolving. I say she's, people are like, is she fully trained yet? I'm like, she's always training Mm -hmm. and dogs always should be training, especially at the pandemic. She's been out of work in the public and getting used to people again. So when I'm working with my students on Zoom and I'm at home, I don't need my shoes at that time, but I'll ask her to go get my shoes just to keep her in practice mm-hmm. and keep her mind going and keep her engaged with things. Now, all dogs need that stimulus, whether it's training to be a, a service dog or just as a game to mm-hmm. keep them engaged, stimulated, mentally and emotionally healthy. And it's interesting that you say... She has experience training, so it's easy to train. So she knows when she's learning something new, and I'm sure gets really excited about, oh, hey, here's a new thing to learn. She loves training, and she loves working. It's like, I got to update my resume. It is so noticeable when she knows that we're going to have a training session or we're going to be going to work or whatever. It's like a little kid going to Disney World, which it's it's fun for her, which is why she picks things up so mm-hmm quickly, literally. Um, she learned how to retrieve within one or two sessions and picking different items up. And so she is a very, very quick learner, but she loves it. And that's what makes it so fun. How do you identify the people that benefit from Moxie's mission? So that actually is turning into a new process. Initially, we were starting with just the dogs from American Service Dog Association, which is another nonprofit in St. Louis that trains and provides fully trained service dogs. Now that I am in the process of trying to make Moxie's mission quite a bit bigger and helping more dogs than I am doing right now, we're opening it up to nonprofit organizations around the United States that will have an application that if they match a dog with a person and that individual has financial needs, they will be able to apply with us to be a Moxie mission recipient and we will raise the money for that individual. So these would be all service dog organizations. Okay. So service dog training organizations that their sole job is providing service dogs to individuals. A service dog can range between 10,000 to 40,000 plus per person, depending on the job and organization with it. So these would be organizations that typically already are training service dogs, but maybe the wait is a little bit longer or they have somebody that's not able to do the fundraising themselves. They would be able to apply to be a Moxie's mission recipient through us and we would essentially fund it through Moxie's mission to that organization. Do you have much contact with the recipients after they've gotten a Moxie's mission dog? So we've only had one that started last year. So we've only officially been a nonprofit. Um, This is our first fiscal year of being a nonprofit When we were operating last year doing the first fundraiser, we were not our own entity at that point. But we do still keep in touch with, her name is Grace, and she got Athos. 
and love hearing the updates of how Athos has truly, truly changed her life and in the process of matching somebody for the second recipient. So we do not have that second recipient yet, but we do have our event date set for our next Moxie's Mission event as we're looking for that recipient. When is your next event? We did have to postpone our initial event due to COVID, but we are very optimistic that by April 11th, we will be able to provide a very safe experience. It will be at Bar K again. It will be the teams of four for the relay race and masks will be provided as needed, but we will also have a virtual option for anyone that might not feel safe in that environment yet. All someone needs to do is follow you on Facebook or Instagram, and they'll, I'm sure, have updates on that so they can get signed up and participate, whether in person or virtually. Absolutely. The website to sign up is runsignup.com backslash Moxie's mission, but we can put that in the description link, or if you just go to our website, there'll be a link there as well. I will definitely put a link to that in the description. Moxie looks like a great ambassador and our listeners haven't gotten to see her because they're not on the Zoom call with us. But depending on what pictures we use for social media to promote this, you might get to see a picture of Moxie. And certainly if you go to Adventures with Moxie, which is your website, they'll see pictures of Moxie and get to hear the the stories of Moxie. What role does moxie play beyond being your service dog i'm a high school social worker and so moxie does have a dual role some service dogs do not have dual roles but if the dog is capable of doing multiple jobs and still be able to focus on myself as a handler that's Mm -hmm. the main quality so because i am a school social worker she does do some therapy work as well she hasn't quite been able to go into the therapy world yet because of COVID. We're not really able to utilize that as much, but with some of my students and things of that sort, she definitely brings that comfort and joy to others as well. Yes, COVID has created a lot of challenges, not only in making people, in some cases, have more needs, but also making it harder to connect with them to fulfill those needs. What is your uh, plan for the future of Moxie's mission? How is it going to grow? What are some of your fundraiser ideas? You mentioned events that are coming up. What kind of events do you want to do for Moxie's mission? Sure. We want to keep the same format that we did last year with the six-legged relay race to do at least one to two a year. The fact that Barquet is going to be opening up in St. Louis provides another opportunity to be able to do that fun event. So the six-legged relay race is teams of four, and the dog is essentially the baton. So they take the dog, Mm -hmm. they run their lap, and then they pass the leash on to the next person, and then they run, and each team of four gets to have up to two dogs if they would like. Another really exciting thing that we're doing is we're in the process of writing a children's book about Moxie's mission and my journey and educating what is a service dog, how does Moxie help me, and would love to be able to 
have a series for each dog that we gift to someone that they would have their own story because every service dog story and job that they do is different. We have exciting options of doing some galas once COVID is lifted up or lightened up a little bit. We talked about even doing kind of like a variety show. So like a Facebook, Instagram live Mm -hmm. variety show with different people coming in and having options to be able to donate. And so we're in the really exciting phase of growing and me being able to dedicate some more time to Moxie's mission. We had Gary Lezak on several months ago, who is a award-winning weather forecaster here in Kansas City. And we talked about many things, including his book. And it's a great book because the dogs are in it. And you learn about weather and some other things. But it's just a fun story because of the dogs. And the graphics are wonderful because of the dogs. So I think that's a great idea with Moxie, who's a great looking dog anyway, to have Mm -hmm. just an engaging story, a nice narrative, and then children learn just because they happen to be reading the book. And I think it's also very uh, insightful of you to recognize that each dog's story is different. So it's not, this is not the story of service dogs. This is the story of a service dog. And you can have endless books because the events that lead to someone needing a service dog can be a very compelling narrative. You have then this challenge, this tension, and then the service dog is the resolution. And for some people, even then getting the service dog can have its challenges because you have certain expectations for how this is going to go and it doesn't always go as expected. And so that pushes the narrative forward. I'm excited to see this series of books. Well, and even adding the components of therapy dogs and their stories Mm -hmm. and even emotional support dogs, because every single dog has their own purpose and role and job and following a service dog or sharing the story of a therapy dog going into the hospital and helping children or going into the nursing home and having the education that what differentiates each type of dog. I think is really important because I think so many people lump them all together mm-hmm. and they think, well, if I have an emotional support dog, I have the same access rights as a service dog, even though it's not necessarily trained to mitigate a disability mm-hmm. or that a therapy dog is the same as a service dog. I don't see one more important than the other. They're just different. And educating on those roles, I think is really beneficial. We're also hoping to have a supplemental coloring book and activities book involved with it. We have Moxie's merchandise because Moxie's name, I named her Moxie because it means the ability to face difficulty with spirit and courage. And that's exactly what Moxie does for me. Perfect fit. Well, and even using that name to educate, what is a time in your life that you had moxie? Mm-hmm. What is a time in your life that you overcome obstacles with spirit and courage? And what does that mean? And I think that message and that definition hits every age from kindergarten all the way up. Telling the story is inspirational on so many levels. One, overcoming the personal challenges and uh, not giving up on yourself. Inspirational in recognizing that you can't 
do everything on your own, that you do need help, whether it's a service dog or medical professionals or family or the community or organizations such as yours, but then also the inspiration to help others because you took that next step, that you are an example of all those other kinds of inspiration that I just described, but also using your experience to show others how they can find success and have access to a service animal, a therapy animal, and then also take the next step to how can I help others? Well, and the reality is life is hard. We all have challenges, um, especially this day of age. We all have our own struggles. And if we constantly are focusing on all the things that we lost and all the things that we can't do, you end up really kind of drowning in that. And Mm -hmm. not that you don't recognize it or honor it or grieve through those things, but on Moxie's business cards, it has a Booker T. Washington quote. If you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. And that essentially is the mission and the heart behind how Moxie's mission was birthed. You have to find a why in your life. And that why might change. Mm -hmm. And my why continually was changing, but I couldn't stay stuck in it. It got to the point where I didn't want to continue living because I didn't know what my purpose was and everything else that I was doing before I couldn't do. And it was just every day was hard from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed and shifting that attention and seeing something that's bigger than ourselves ultimately changes your brain chemistry. And it does help you to continue to move forward. Now that doesn't mean that I don't have my tough moments And I don't have those days that I'm feeling incredibly down and feeling discouraged. But it's in those moments that I continue to focus on Moxie. What a sweet girl. Puts her head on my leg. She's nestled up there. What a good girl you are, Moxie. She can pretty much always tell when there's that shift in my emotions. Mm -hmm. Even if she's in the middle of playing and I'm struggling, she will drop the ball and she will just come up and just put her head on my leg or just curl up next to me. And especially during this pandemic, living alone, who is immunocompromised and highly at risk, it's been a really isolating experience. And I can't imagine being isolated without Moxie right now. People don't quite understand the loneliness and the isolation of those that don't have the luxuries to go out to take risks during this pandemic. Which makes it even more important for those of us who can do anything to shorten it or not prolong it. Do what you can to help everyone get through this. So on the other side of it, we can have our six-legged races and our galas and just hang out in the park with friends. So let's get through this together, everyone. And until then, people can still help Moxie's mission. How would someone do that? If they go on the website, adventureswithmoxie.com, there's a simple button that says donate now. All you have to do is click that button and donate, whether it's a one-time 
donation or if you want to set up yearly donations or monthly donations, you have those options as well. If financially you're not in the place to help, you can still help by spreading the word, sharing our social media, buying something off of Moxie's merchandise. There's so many different ways that people can help that does not have to be completely financial. Yeah, I keep reminding people, for- yeah, just spread the word with, with Rosie Fun. You don't have to make a donation, but if you follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to the YouTube channel, let people know about the podcast, someone will hear this who can help. And maybe Absolutely. they hear dog words when we're interviewing Katie Harris and they feel called to help someone with service dogs. This is their opportunity to do that. And also with small charities, we have such a personal relationship with those we serve that it's not just people lining up to get whatever it is we're handing out. We have that personal relationship that, uh, for instance, with Rosie Fun. Pretty much every dog that we've sponsored, I've touched and gotten a kiss from. And uh, to see them go to their forever home makes all of it worth it. All those times where you question, is this fundraiser really worth it? Is spending my own money to promote this really worth it? Is this really helping anybody? And then you see that dog walk out of the shelter with a new family. It's worth it. And so I can't imagine how good it must feel for you over the coming years to see not only a dog in its forever home, but someone who needs that dog. Absolutely. And also as you're on the website, you can see the last recipient and hear her story and how this dog has truly impacted that individual's life. So having that visual, I think makes it even that much more meaningful because it's not just, money that's just kind of out there. You see exactly where that money went and the life that was changed due to that contribution. And um, recognizing that truly not everybody is in the place to financially contribute, but to never, ever underestimate the power of a share. If that is what you can do to help, that is a way to help because you never know who's going to see that share. We're looking for different corporate sponsors to be part of our team that we can help and work both ways to help advertise for them, help get their name out as well as give them the opportunity to help make a difference in somebody else's life as well. We're looking for volunteers that would want to help be a part of something bigger than themselves with um, all of the different jobs and tasks that come with having a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. I can't do it all myself. I'm learning a lot of things, but there's a lot of people out there with so many different skills that want to be a part of something like this and would love to have the opportunity to talk with them and see how we can partner. Anyone who thinks they have something to offer to Moxie's mission, whether it's their time, their money, their expertise, go to adventureswithmoxie.com. A link is in the description for this episode. And follow the story of Katie Harris and the beautiful Moxie. And any updates you have as you move forward, you have other events scheduled or anything with Moxie's mission merits an update for our listeners, let us know. We'll have you back on, Katie, and get everybody up to speed on what's new with Moxie's mission. Again, thank you for doing what you do for others and taking steps to inspire others to help. That's how something like this goes viral, that helping begats helping. 
Thank you for joining us today, Katie Harris. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Katie Harris of Moxie's Mission. Her website, adventureswithmoxie.com, is linked in the description along with a couple of videos that tell more of her story. I've also linked to some of the archived episodes we referenced earlier, such as Barque Dog Bar, weather forecaster Gary Lezak, and the story of Rosalita Patience, the inspiration for Rosie Fund. Next time on Dog Words, artist Ashley Shans tells how you can get a beautiful memento of your pet and help charities at the same time. Make a difference in a shelter dog's life by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. The link is in this episode's description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. As always, please download, subscribe, rate, and share Dog Words. This helps with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.